0: Vodka, 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 Vodka O'Clock Hey everyone and welcome to Vodka O'Clock Podcast. I am your host, Amber Love from AmberUnmasked.com and it's been a while since I've posted a new episode. That's because um, November became a very interesting month for me. So I will get into all, all of that and what happened and everything. But, you know, if you went back to October, you saw that I had some uh, some good episodes especially with coverage from New York comic-con and of course superhero weekend at comic fusion which is always like the most important weekend for me every year and uh, we have now survived the first I guess technically of the holidays the winter holidays the day before Thanksgiving it snowed and didn't stop until Thanksgiving morning here in New Jersey so um, it's pretty well covered. There are still a lot of people without electricity. Thank goodness I am not one of those because I absolutely freak out when there's no power. So I feel really bad for those people who are trying to deal with that this weekend on a holiday weekend. And then on top of everything else, there's protests all over the world because of the horrendous grand jury decision of Ferguson and the, um, the Michael Brown case and the Darren Wilson um million dollar uh reward that he basically got for killing somebody. So um there's so much going on and uh you know I just haven't uh I haven't felt like getting back on the mic even though I've been chatting back and forth through email with getting guests on for the show. It just um wasn't something that needed to be done for November. So the other cool thing about November was at the very last second, I decided to jump into what's called NaNoWriMo. And if you have never heard of that before, or if you see the weird hashtag on Twitter, and you're curious about what the heck those jumbly letters mean, it stands for National Novel Writing Month. And the idea and the guidelines for participating are that you... um, You don't have to reach a daily word count, but it's suggested so that by the end of the month, all through November, you have 30 days to write 50,000 words. Now, this is all done with the understanding that they will probably be pretty awful words because it's a rough draft. And um, some people are really diehard serious about it. They've been doing this for many years. Other people make fun of it, which I think is um, not cool. (laughs) <laughs> um, I think the fact that it, you know, like before I ever did it, I didn't understand it either. And I just went, you, you know, by the end of the month, you don't have anything you can publish and some people think they can and they just self publish and whatever. But, um, I, you know, I never made fun of it. I just didn't see, you know, why it was any kind of big deal, but, you know, I believe it was last year. All it took was, you know, one person tweeting saying, you know, well, as long as it gets people writing, what's the difference? And that's the same with uh, when it comes to our choice of books. You know, there's a lot of ridicule about the choices of books that people read. And, you know, if you like YA novels or if you like Harry Potter, it's like, do you really care as long as it gets people reading? Isn't that kind of good, even if it's not something you would like? So NaNoWriMo, um has the 50,000 word count, which is actually short for a novel. A novel would be probably around more like eighty thousand to eighty-five thousand words or more, because you know some authors do put out substantially large books. Um, but you know, on average, the uh, the word count should be somewhere around eighty. And um, you know, I thought, wow, fifty thousand words. There's no way, absolutely no way, I could do this. But since um my situation is different and I'm home I was home for the entire month of November except for some modeling jobs um I was able to to put in like five to six hours a day sitting at my desk and writing taking you know breaks to get up and eat something but for the most part it was like being a you know real full-time writer and being in that habit I know that a lot of people, what they do is they have an hour a day. That's all they can get. So they they do these sprints, these word sprints, and they try to get out, um, you know, anywhere from 1,000 to maybe like 1,600 words in an hour. And that's impressive for one hour. Um, usually when I'm writing a lot, it's more memoir-like or blog-like because those words I can usually... Um, find much faster. There's no, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily plotting, and I'm not worried about, uh, you know, carrying a story arc through something like it's the beginning and the end of, you know, 2000 uh, words, let's say for a really long blog post. Um, you know, there, it's a, an entirely different beast. So spending an hour and cranking out something readable, that's a blog post is far easier for me than coming up with fiction and then Worrying about, you know, okay, I had this character do this thing here. I have to remember that they did that. I have to make a note for later. Um, It's, uh, you know, it's definitely a writing exercise. And I know a lot of professional authors caution saying that NaNoWriMo encourages bad writing. Well, I don't think it encourages bad writing, it encourages writing. And whether or not you do it, your first draft of anything is going to suck. So they might spend one month writing their novel, which I've heard before, because I've gone to workshops and speaking engagements, uh, where where people talk about how long they spent writing their books, sometimes it's one month, sometimes it's three months, sometimes it's five years. So, you know, if a professional writer can say that they wrote something out in one month, well, you know, it might have been their third or fourth book. I don't know what on earth then would give them the right to then mock something like Nano where it's, you know, for the most part, amateurs who enjoy writing. Um, yeah, I just I, I think that's kind of a, a douchey way to look at it. And there, there is a really cool thing though that I came across called Nano Genmo, which is Genno actually, which is um national I forget wait maybe I have the maybe I have the acronym wrong now because it's such a mishmash but anyway it's um national novel generating month there we go where um (laughs) these people who are essentially like hackers um have come up with ways of coding uh not just sometimes it's not just software sometimes they actually get like really involved with what it is but essentially, they've come up with a way to try and get enough artificial intelligence language that they can generate a 50,000 word novel <laughs> using using um, a program instead of actually typing out a, a thought out story structure. And uh, there's so if you if you look up National Novel Generating Month, You should be able to see that. And it's just really interesting. Somebody was able to adapt it for comics. And what he did was he had to still manually go to Flickr based on the things that it generated. So, I don't know, I guess if it put the word evil somehow, you know, as as one of the generated words, he would go to Flickr and he would look up the word and and take one of the pictures from there. And, um, you know, I mean, obviously it's not like an original comic, but it's a very interesting premise. And um, there's, so there's all sorts of ways to adapt this. And maybe, you know, I don't know if there's a reader's version, but I think that, you know, if there was a month dedicated to reading, that'd be pretty fun, too. Um, I have been and I feel terrible that I have, I'm like in the last few pages of the new Janet Ivanovich and Lee Goldberg book called The Job. And this is the first time I've ever read Janet Ivanovich's work. I had never heard of Lee Goldberg before. Um, a lot of people have recommended her to me, and I didn't know why, because I was like, okay, well, I don't really you know, uh, have time to constantly read as much as I would like to. And when it comes to the audiobooks, I usually pick memoirs, just because I really enjoy listening to memoirs in the car. So when NetGalley had the job up as one of the advanced reader galleys, I was like, okay, well, let me see if I get approved for this. And I did. And I love this book. And I I didn't realize that it was the third book from this series. And if you ever saw the the show White Collar, it's very similar to that, except that um, the FBI agent is a woman and the art thief, who's the consultant, is a man. So they're on this big adventure trying to con this you know awful human being criminal who's like this international criminal so it's a really great book and it was released about a week and a half ago around like mid-November so if you're looking for books for your shopping list I definitely think that you should look into that series by Janet Ivanovich and Lee Goldberg Um, and if you can you know go back and find whichever book was the first one um, also, while you're thinking of shopping, I came up with my list of favorite comics and graphic novels for the year. Now, the thing is, um, I because I like to binge read, and I, I know I'm not alone there, um, I either wait for trades or I try to wait until there's a few copies of things built up. So if you go over to amberunmasked.com, you can find my blog post for favorite female leading comics. And I specifically wanted to address female-led comics because uh, there's still so so much talk about, you know, where's the female superhero movie and where's the female comic books? Because people really only see Wonder Woman and now at least they see Black Widow and maybe Storm, but they're not seeing, I guess, much because they're only looking towards mainstream superhero books. So I came up with this post, and I'd worked on it just, you know, here and there, trying to collect my thoughts on things that I've enjoyed throughout the year. And Princess Ugg is by far my standout book of the year. It's by Oni Press, and it's Ted, I'm not sure how to say his last name, Nafe, something like that. I feel terrible, but he does Courtney Crumman as well. And he's a very nice guy on Twitter, also, if you follow him on Twitter. And uh, the artist is Warren Wisinich. And Princess Ugg is this sort of... Uh, I can't tell where, what country they've identified as because it's a fantasy sword and sorcery world. So I, th- I think it's more like a, a mixture between what we would think of as Vikings and Celtic warriors. It's like a fusion of that because her language is much more Celtic, but her look sort of... If you were just to glance at her, you would sort of scream like, oh, it's got to be a, some kind of Nordic Viking. And she is sent off to princess school. And all of the other princesses at princess school are prim and proper and exactly what you'd think of in fairy tale princesses. So she doesn't fit in. And it's an amazing story. And by issue three, you actually learn more about her mother, who was like the greatest warrior. Um, but she's a warrior who had, a, you know, obviously had regret about, you know, when she could take out an entire army and lead, lead her army to victory. It was never, a, you know, a happy thing. So um, I think there's just uh, some cool lessons in Princess Ugg and also really great artwork. She's drawn incredibly well because she's not... I mean, it's a comic, so it's not like she's going to be totally realistic looking, but she has musculature to her, and she's wearing um, an outfit where, yeah, her legs are kind of bare, but she's covered, and her arms are bare, but she has... Like there, it's a very modest outfit, you know. It's not Red Sonia. Let me put it that way. And I know, like Red Sonja is a lot of fun. I used to read Red Sonia all the time, but I just could never get past that stupid bikini. It's just beyond stupid. Uh, another one of my favorite books that I came across uh, is a not not a new series, but it's Amely Devlin mysteries. It's also from Oni Press. Oni uh, doesn't get a lot of chatter. And they are always like my favorite publisher (laughs) by the end of the year, because they'll have even if it's one thing that really stands out to me, they uh, they never let me down. They their stuff is such high quality. So the Amy Amy Devlin series uh, is written by uh, Christina Ware and has Nunzio DeFilippis and uh, TJ Kirsch on the um, creative team. So what I read was volume two, and it's called Lost and Found. And Amy Devlin is a private eye. She has some trouble dealing with her family, you know, like her her father is kind of tired of helping her pay the bills because her PI agency is not really taking off the way that she wants. But there's also a big overall story arc as far as the mystery that she's hired to look into. And I just think mysteries are not something that we get really great stories in comic books. And I wondered about that. I wondered why, you know, why wasn't there like a hugely popular Nancy Drew series? You know, it just seems like something that should be really popular. I don't know. I mean, Batman has mysteries, kind of. I mean, it's basically what Detective Comics was. But um, it gets lost in all of the superpowered stuff. It gets lost in the crazy villains you know, who wear crazy masks or outfits. And I think people um, can appreciate the purity of what the mystery part is. So Amy Devlin Mysteries, that would be one for you to look into. Uh, Another one that's very uh, mystery-based is called I Was the Cat by Paul Tobin and Benjamin Dewey. Another great pair of guys to follow on Twitter. They're wonderful. And it's also by Oni Press. Now, I Was the Cat... Um, it seems like a stretch of that I'm calling this a female-led series because it's, you know, starring a cat. But it's starring a cat and a woman who is a blogger. And uh, he asks her to write his memoir. So, yeah, the cat can talk. The cat is very intelligent. And the cat is trying to take over the world, as we suspect all cats are. So, um, if you like that sort of humor quality to your animal's then I was the cat is definitely the sort of thing you want to look into. Uh, I think I have it marked as like a PG-13 kind of teen rating only because there's some like implied nudity with Allison, the main character, in the shower and getting dressed. Um, And there's there is um, the cat as they get into it the cat is going through uh, telling her about all of his lives. And there is a brief bedroom scene where the bodies aren't exposed but there's people in bed and you, you know You know what's going on. So I don't know if you want to say, oh, this is a cute book for kids, and then have them wonder, why is she on top of that man? And have to explain that, because it was in a comic book. So use your discretion. But um, it's really a great book. And uh, you can, I I don't know if it's a hardcover. But uh, I definitely think it's the sort of thing that would be a good gift. And moving on, um, some of my other favorite noir series Uh, Lazarus, which is from Image Comics, Velvet, which is by Image Comics. I've talked about them a lot uh, already. In fact, I had the artist for Lazarus on the show. That's Michael Lark. So go back to Vodka O'Clock and you can uh, find my episode with him. He's really informative. He loves talking about process and inspiration and how the team collaborates because it's a really big production team that works on Lazarus. And I think that's cool that they sort of um, have no problem Sharing all the credit and pointing out how you know each person does something unique to to providing that content. Velvet is one of the Brew Baker Noir comics, and that's actually not with Sean Phillips; it's with Steve Epting. So, um, if you like James Bond but want James Bond as a woman, then Velvet is your story. M um, three is uh, written by my friend Erica Schultz and drawn by Vicente Alcazar. They've been on the show before as well, and they publish that under their brand Vice's Press. Now, Erica is currently working on Marvel Comics adaptation of Revenge. And that's one of my favorite shows, but I'm not finished with it, so I haven't picked up the comic yet. But M3 is her creator-owned work. And if you like characters that have that sort of vigilante mercenary type quality to them, like I would say like DC's Huntress then you'd probably enjoy who M3 is. And then you would see exactly why Erica is the perfect choice to be writing the revenge series, because it's just um, that's a match made in heaven right there. And um, again, if you like, you know, women who kick ass and uh, handle things based on assignments like velvet and Lazarus, you know, they all have very specific agendas That they need to to follow and protocols they need to follow then uh, bring out a classic like Modesty Blaze that's printed by Titan Comics and what they do is they take the old Modesty Blaze strips and put them out in these nice collections and they've got I don't know I think maybe 12 of them out so far I don't know they have a lot and it seems like there's always another one coming out okay now um, because I had mentioned Ferguson up at the beginning of the show I want to talk about genius. Um, There's so much to read into. Uh, Genius was was made years ago. Um, uh, It was part of a top cow contest. I believe I think it was for pilot season. So the circumstances that certain American cities are going through right now are really reflective in genius, which is uh, a five part series and uh, the main character destiny is a super genius specifically regarding tactics weaponry she can learn things extremely quickly she's been this you know unbelievably fast learner since she was a child and goes through typical comic book tragedy but the difference is is uh, it's not super powered it's you know, if you took a character like Green Hornet or Batman, but took away all that unbelievable stuff and just kept it street level and believable with things that can be done with computers and technology. And, uh, you know, what it's really like uh, putting your friends through and asking your your friends to go to war for you. Um genius has that sort of heart it has a lot of heart to it that way and it's uh, about the militarization of the police in south central los angeles so what we're seeing in reality when you watch the news every day and you see things like ferguson um you know sometimes a story comes out like this and you don't realize that it's going to really happen and be so true So, um, I think because there have been so many disturbances like this, this particular year, uh, I've seen Genius get talked about more than when it was in the pilot season. Like, I don't think I didn't see anybody mention it during the pilot season. So, I'm just really happy for the team. It's Mark Bernadine, Adam Freeman, and Afuo Richardson. And again, it's the uh, top cow part of Image Comics. So, get it, it's beautiful. And, uh, but it's very serious. So again, you know, just if that's something you, you need to not look at because of the content, then I would say stay away from it, but it's a really well done story. Um, some other fun things, if you like adventure stories, Athena Voltaire by Steve Bryant will be coming out soon. And if anybody backed that on Kickstarter, you've been getting the updates about that. There's like... Steve has so many pages that he was like remastering and and working on. Uh, He had to re-letter some things and and, uh, go through a lot of work to get a a big collection of Athena Voltaire stories together and get them out there and available to you. So one of the other brand new books, though, is Lumberjanes, and that's by Boom Studios. Noelle Stevenson, Grace Ellis, and Brooke Allen. It's an amazingly fun book. Uh, it's you know basically like a scout sort of thing you know like a, a camping group and but they they have like Scooby Doo ish type run-ins with supernatural things it is so much fun so definitely get Lumberjanes and let's see from Monkey Brain Comics if you do like things digital then head over to there and go to Comicsology and get Strange Nation. Uh, my friend Paul Aller I talk about him all the time because he's so talented I'm so jealous Um, Juan Romero was his artist on Strange Nation and again it's got like this cool supernatural quality uh, to the story but it's like it's urban legends it's if (laughs) if you took a show like supernatural but made it really silly and funny there was once on sci-fi channel it's called Chronicle um, or the Chronicle where it was about a tabloid newspaper and everything they wrote was actually real and nobody believed it. So Strange Nation is similar to that. There's um, a main character who's a journalist and when she (laughs) starts running into this really crazy shit, nobody believes her. And then uh, she finds out that her parents might somehow be involved in like an Illuminati type thing. So um, that has uh, also an Asian American female lead. So I know a lot of people want more diversity in their characters and not only is it just you know a pretty woman she's uh she's also got um I'm th- i don't think both of her parents are asian i think only her father is so um, there's a little bit of more diversity there fight like a girl is a brand new series from action lab by david pinkney and sue lee and that stars an african-american girl and I'm not sure how old she's actually supposed to be. I think she's supposed to be still quite young. I don't even know if she's a late teenager, maybe seventeen. Um, and she's trying to save her brother's life, and it also gets into very uh, psychedelic, supernatural kind of things in order to in order to save her brother and get a cure, she has to go through these challenges, like a hero's journey type stuff, but very surreal. And uh, she's a lovable character. So uh, her name's Amarosa. So check out Fight Like a Girl. Action Lab has, of course, been putting out things like Molly Danger, Vamplets, and Princeless, which are always popular. Uh, Flutter Volume 1, which uh, is by Jenny Wood and Jeff McComsey. I've had Jenny on the show a couple times, and we partner up at things like Boston Comic-Con when we can. And Flutter I've talked about for a couple of years now because... um, I'm bringing it back up because she is working on volume two. So volume one uh, is something you should get now. And then that way it gives you something to look forward to for volume two. And let's see, brand new books that I really love. Copperhead, which is by Image. That's Jay Farber, Scott Godlewski, Ron Riley, and Thomas Maurer. That's a, it's called a sci-fi space Western, but it really doesn't have much Western to it beyond, I think the first issue because Um, As you get into the mystery of the book, it's it turns more into like a crime drama. So uh, it's also a female led book. The sheriff is new to the planet and she's a single mom and she has a really reluctant deputy who wanted her job, who wanted, you know, he wanted to be the sheriff and he's this, I don't know, some kind of alien creature thing. And I don't remember what specifically they call the, the species that he is. But uh, they are trying to solve some murders. So Copperhead is, uh, has been fascinating. I love it. Uh, one of my favorite books of the year, though, definitely is Death Defying Dr. Mirage. And that's by Valiant. It's Jan Van Meter and Roberto della That's uh, Torre. It, it was surprising to me because I never read a Valiant book before because none of them ever looked like anything I was interested in. So um, I will say that it was because it was a female a comic that got me interested, and I checked it out, and I was not disappointed. I like the feeling and the storytelling aspect. It's a lot like Neil Gaiman's Sandman to me. And it's uh, it's also sort of Constantine-ish. I mean, I, I'm, I've not been a Hellblazer reader. I tried reading Hellblazer, and I didn't particularly like it, at least not the volume that I had tried to read. But I liked... Constantine, it was like the only good New 52 thing. Honestly, I hated the New 52 so much, and he was the only character that, it, that I think I liked. I was glad to see Madame Zenadu there, but I didn't think they were giving her enough of a headline. So, um, but it's like a supernatural story, and that's why it made me think of Constantine at all. So it's called Death Defying Dr. Mirage, and there's a lot of romance to it, and the fact that she's trying to reconnect with her husband. So, again, if you like things like Constantine, Dr. Strange, and Sandman, then look for Death Defying Dr. Mirage under Valiant's Banner. Um, Planet Gigantic and Hero Cats, Trees, The People Inside, Black Science. These are all books that I have absolutely been loving reading this year. Um, They're not necessarily female-led. Like, Hero Cats is about cats. Okay. But, you know, uh, it's an extremely fun book. And let's see. And, you know, at the end of my post, I, I have Rat Queens and Rat Queens was like second on my list because, you know, not that these are in any particular order, but then um, we heard the news that back on Halloween, the artist for Rat Queens, Rock Up Church, had been arrested for domestic violence and that's just not something to be overlooked. I know it's can be okay and can be easy to separate the art from the artist. I, I have no problem understanding that, but because it was so new and because everybody who was a fan of rat Queens was waiting to hear more information and more, you know, what decisions decision would be made about the book. uh, I wasn't, I wasn't sure if I was ready to continue. I mean, the only pumpkin I carved this year was the rat Queens logo. So I was, particularly vested in what news would come out. So then the writer and co-creator of Rat Queens, Curtis Weeb announced that uh, Rock was removed from the book. Now he will always be the co-creator. They they started the book together, but uh, a new artist will come in to fill in for an issue or two, and then a new permanent artist will be put on the book. So I think that's really like the best that we can expect out of that whole situation Uh, I had asked Curtis if uh, the family was going you know if money was going to be an issue if Rock was no longer on the book and he said that um, not that he was aware of he didn't he didn't know at the time so uh, I you know because I certainly would have gotten involved with people putting together some kind of fundraiser for his wife and children but um, as far as I know that's it's not an impact. It's a creator our own book. I mean, people don't really... M- <laughs> very few people are Robert Kirkman. Let's just put that out there. <laughs> Most people are, are, uh, are in the red when it comes to create-our-own projects. Um, so that's um, my, my reading list and things that you should be looking for. And um, I know I'm umming a lot, and I know I'm, I'm sounding like I'm out of breath because I'm having very terrible breathing problems. <laughs> right now. But uh, but thank you so much for sticking with me. Now, uh, if you head over to AmberUnmask.com, and I always encourage that you do, you will find um, other news and convention coverage. I went to Exotica and had a really good time there. Um, I did not participate in the contest that I was going to. So I explain all of that stuff in my post about Exotica. But it was a good show. And they had some really amazing burlesque which uh, was something that that show was lacking. It didn't have, there's, I mean, there's a difference between burlesque and typical uh, exotic dancing, like pole dancing and chair dancing and just strip teases. Burlesque is, you know, theater. It's got a, a showmanship level to it because of the costumes they choose because of the music they choose. So it's not that it's better or, you know, that there's something wrong with pole dancing Pole dancing, I think, honestly, should be an Olympic event. I mean, they have some pretty dumb Olympic events, so I definitely think that that there should be a pole dancing event. It's just that there's, you know, the context of it, and I love burlesque, so uh, I was glad to see some of those performers. And um, they, they do travel around, so you can usually find a good troop in your area or a troop passing through your area. And let's see. So... Before I wrap up, I I just wanted to air some laundry here, air air some laundry. Um, You know that once in a while that I post some adult-only photos, and I once in a while find them posted on Tumblr. That is against the rules of my site. I have galleries. Occasionally, my galleries get locked, and then they get unlocked for your viewing pleasure. Okay, so it is expected to stay on my site. You can download them, keep them for yourself, but they are not to be posted anywhere else without my permission. And because of that, because I'm tired of finding my stuff on Tumblr, um, I have removed a good chunk of the galleries. So um, I don't know if I'll ever put them up again. I don't know if I'll ever make new ones. I'm just too pissed off about that situation, about... Uh, I just I hate Tumblr because that seems to be you know and I've looked for porn on Tumblr but uh, you know I figured that people were posting their own and that's just not the case it's just so rampant it's just you know swipe after swipe after swipe and uh, you know I just don't see that kind of behavior on Twitter um, some of it is like there there are people who post only things that they you know if they really like you know I don't know. They really like black women. They'll have a, you know, they'll just take pictures and post them all over Twitter. But I've been lucky in finding accounts that I enjoy following because they seem much more earnest about being people and not just, uh, you know, pirates, if you will. So um, just you know, take that for what it is. Nobody has control over anything once it's on the internet. But um, but because I just don't want to see my shit all over Tumblr. It's uh, it's now been remo- removed from my website. And um, of course, if you have any questions, feel free to find me on Twitter at Elizabeth Amber, and I will try to answer them. I'm trying to think of what's coming up for December that you should be uh, keeping your eye out for. Um, well, like I said, Planet Gigantic just launched, so um, do yourself a favor and try to find that. And, uh, if you are interested in winter conventions, I think it's not, I don't think it's until February, but I believe the, uh, Wicked Fair event is in the, like, dead middle of winter. So, um, as far as conventions go, I am all conventioned out. I'm done. And, um... Maybe I will be able to catch people at small workshops or book signings, things like that, because I enjoy those events much much better than huge conventions anyway. So thank you for listening this long to me without a guest. (laughs) I really appreciate it. I hope everybody had a safe Thanksgiving. I hope everybody that uh, took the initiative to protest anywhere, I hope you were safe and unharmed in that. And um, I will maybe uh, do a do a little Christmas show or something, or you know, that's brief like this. And I thank you all for listening. And I thank you all for supporting the rise Kickstarter for comics against bullying, because that was just such an honor to be part of. And I can't wait for that book to come out and be able to show everybody. And, um, make sure you go to Amber for everything else that you need to know. Thanks. Cheers.